Hey, you're listening to the Sub Club Podcast, a show dedicated to the best practices for building and growing subscription app businesses. We'll share insider secrets from the top subscription apps on the app stores. Let's get into the show. Hello, welcome to the Sub Club Podcast. I'm your host, David Bernard, and with me as always, Jacob Biding. Say hello. Hello. <laughs> Today on the podcast, we have two guests. Vu Pham, who works on the product team at Big Sky Health, and his colleague Nick Robinson, Chief Business Officer. Big Sky Health was founded to help people live healthier, longer lives with the help of technology. They're currently working on three apps, Zero, the world's most popular fasting app, Less, an app for more mindful drinking, and Oak, a meditation and breathing app. Thanks for taking the time to talk with us today. God, we had those other two apps. <laughs> I've been a little busy with zero, huh? I'm, so I'm going to get this out of the way. I've done this several times, but I'm a huge fan of zero. So, so we can just caveat, you know, anything that's said in this whole episode with like, I use the app. I love the app. It's just an incredible product. I've been using it for a couple of years before I instantly subscribed to the app when you guys released your subscription. So yeah, huge, huge fan of the work y'all are doing. I'd love to hear from the two of you a little bit just about your background and how you ended up at Big Sky Health. So, uh, Vu, why don't you get started? Sure, sure. Glad to be here with you, David and Jacob. Um, so I actually started my career not in product. I started a few years in investment banking. So wow. maybe not a surprise. I always got money on my mind. Um, <laughs> but uh, eventually switched over to the product. And my first role as a product manager was at Zynga. And I, I ran a few revenue pods there. Zynga, I think pretty well known for trying to monetize in the gaming space. Um, had an awesome, awesome experience there. I don't know if I could have asked for a better entry point into product management. But as I learned some of those skill sets in product management, kind of wanted to use what I've learned towards something I was a little more passionate about. And I like gaming, but I really am personally um, passionate about health and wellness. So looked outside of Zynga, found uh, Fitstar. So I actually worked with, uh, kind of jumping ahead, but I worked with Mike Mazur previously, the current CEO of Big Sky Health. Um, he was running Fitstar at the time, uh, was acquired by Fitbit. I just loved working in the health and wellness space, um, spent a few more years in that industry at a few other companies and eventually uh, reunited with Mike, now working on zero fasting. Um, so that's where I'm at today. And and we just launched a subscription product. So I get to use those money minds uh, again. <laughs> nice. How about you, Nick? Yeah, like, like Vu, I, I have a, a strange path to where I am today. Although I think in the rear view mirror, it makes some sense. Um, so I was a film major. I got my first job uh, working for Michael Eisner. Um, he was the former head CEO of Disney. Um, post Disney, he started a company called Tornante. And this was back in the MySpace days. And we were creating original content for MySpace. So it's wow. like little teen soap operas. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure I was the one creating original content for MySpace. <laughs> we'll have to fight it out. With my sweet backgrounds and right? awesome like top fives or whatever. <laughs> it, it was similar. The funny thing, it was just like, it was high quality, like, you know, Hollywood production quality content for MySpace. Um, so that was incredibly interesting. Um, and, you know, cut my teeth on really understanding that, that intersection of content and community in a technology platform. Um, and then even stranger got recruited, um, as the first hire at a little company at the time called quest nutrition, uh, makers of the quest protein bar. 
Hmm. And that was sort of a, a merging of, uh, you know, like VU, I've got a passion for, for health and wellness. And for people who don't know, yeah, that, that company is huge. I, I, yeah, I, I so, listened to a podcast with one of the founders. It's insane. That little, you know, nutrition bar company. The little, the little protein bar that could. Yeah. So I ended up <laughs> becoming chief marketing officer there, uh, created a content studio um, and, you know, really centered the, the marketing there around content and community. Um, so Quest was acquired for a billion dollars a couple of years ago. Um, I left and decided to spend a bunch of money co-founding a VR company, um, <laughs> which was a little too early. But again, sort of following that, you know, it had nothing to do with health, but it was all about content and community. Um, really instructive. Um, and then started consulting because we were spending a lot of money on VR and had no desire to like get a job again. And then started consulting for zero. Big Sky Health, although was it called Big Sky Health then? I don't know. Um, and then met with Mike in person finally uh, and heard his vision for what he wanted Zero to become um, and sort of had one of those, oh, crap moments. I think I have to go work here. Um, <laughs> so, so joined uh, in June of 19 and sort of this catch-all chief business officer role, uh, leading business development, marketing, content, community, which is sort of your classic like early stage company role that we're now sort of focusing, uh, you know, now that we've raised our series A, we've got a revenue product. We're able to start focusing the team, which is going to be a nice transition moment. Nice. And, and speaking of zero, I did actually want to hear, I don't know which one of you maybe is uh, better to speak to it, but tell us a little bit more about like the founding of big sky health. Cause I know, you know, zero was Kevin Rose's little side project. And I yeah. actually remember when he launched it and I was like, what is he doing? Like, what is this like fasting <laughs> app? Like, he's not even monetizing it. Like, how's this ever going to be anything? And then, then I, I mean, I remember it getting funding and getting transitioned out. I was like, what's going on? Like they're funding a fasting, like what's going on? It's uh, funny, right? Like it, yeah. six months later, it's David's favorite app. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it uh, you know, it really did create a category, right? Like the fasting app category is now a real thing. Um, and so it started as a Kevin Rose side project as did Oak, by the way. Um, and right. you, Kevin is kind of famous for let's try it out. Let's see what happens. Let's see who can build an audience around it. And with zero, you know, definitely struck a chord. And so he was running that as this, as this hobby project. And then Kevin and Mike Mazur, our CEO, are longtime friends. They work together at dig, um, everyone's favorite first internet community, <laughs> I should go find my Dignation t-shirt. I think it's downstairs still. I went to a live Dignation taping. Yeah. As a, as a, as a, like a 19 year old in the middle yeah, of Ohio, yeah. a, that was, that would have been as, the dream. As a fanboy, it was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> there were like these party, it was really weird. I wasn't expecting it. I was in my thirties, but I listened uh, to pretty yeah, much. Don't, don't age yourself, David. <laughs> but I listened to pretty much probably the first hundred episodes of Dignation, probably every single one of them. I mean, yeah, yeah, I, it, a, I think it, I, we could do a whole, like we should do a Dignation fan podcast, but, uh, <laughs> Uh, but that I, would be I think amazing. It was very formative for me and uh, like Kevin's work and, and revision three and all that stuff as far as yeah, like revision three. content, right? Yeah. I derailed. I derailed. Uh, it's, a, it's a good derail. I know we're all going down memory lane now. <laughs> it was a Leo Laporte podcast of why I actually started my app business. So yeah, that whole little podcasting crew early in the mid 2000s. I'm telling you, I wouldn't be sitting here right now if my dad hadn't brought home a cable box in 1998 with tech TV on it or whatever. Like that probably like had more effect on my tra tra uh, trajectory in life than anything else. <laughs> um, anyway, <laughs> yeah. So we just um, totally derailed. Where so anyway, I'll, I'll re I'll re rail us. So Thank you, Nick. <laughs> that side project of Kevin's. Um, 
he and Mike were, had worked together at Dig. Mike went on to uh, found a company called Fit Star, um, which he sold to Fitbit. And then, like, it, this is a crazy story, and it's it's really Mike's story to tell. So I'll just give the the Cliff Notes version. Um, so he sells his company to Fitbit, which is obviously like a monumental moment in any entrepreneur's life. And then it's something like a week later, he gets diagnosed with stage four cancer. Um, and so as part of his standard of care, and, you know, he was, you know, great doctors, um, he was doing chemo, but he incorporated fasting into his standard of care, uh, based on the, uh, the research by Dr. Walter Longo, um, who has some incredibly compelling research on how you want to pair fasting with chemotherapy. And so the, the huge caveat here is fasting in, by no means cures cancer, but it can be really, really powerful in combination with standard of care. And that's what Mike did. Um, and now he's multiple years into remission. Um, and, it, you know, it went incredibly well, uh, you know, as well as chemotherapy can go. Um, so coming out of that, you know, fasting was on his mind. And of course, doing something really mission driven was on his mind. Um, so he took over zero from Kevin. Um, and then really quickly put together a plan of, you know, how does this go from what is essentially a stopwatch uh, into not just a business, but a business that will have impact. Um, and then that led to the partnership with Dr. Peter Otia, who's our chief medical officer, uh, who came on, who he had been lamenting separately how, you know, Peter has you know, a couple dozen patients, um, you, you know, who are really focused on longevity, optimizing their, their metabolic health. Um, but he's only helping a few dozen people and he wanted to scale his practice, his knowledge, his philosophies, uh, to millions of people. And that's exactly what we're doing with zero and with zero plus. When I think about what we're doing at, at our company and, and, and what companies like big sky health are doing and that amplification that you're talking about, I think is probably one of the big real shifts that that's actually happening underlying like of course it is subscriptions app store whatever that that's that's the, the model but we're in this place now where we have these these small apps that are really interactive engaging content delivery platforms and they do allow these like these people with with value to add to like people's lives to like reach them in a way you almost can think of it like media right reach them in a way that like television or radio or books or podcasts never could right and i think i i, I had no idea about like the whole content history in your background nick and i, I find that really interesting because you know, my past, I worked at a meditation app um, prior to this, and we didn't realize it was a content play until we were like into it, right? And we're like, oh, this right. is actually, well, actually the meditation app launched after I was there, but I, it was a brain training app prior to that, but it was also a content play, right? It's all about, and I think that actually like ties really closely into the the revenue model as well, right? Yeah, it, it's spot on. It, it's spot on. It's, it's, you know, it's using content plus technology. Um, forming community moats around it, but it, it's all about amplifying these niche desires, uh, these niche needs that, that people have. Um, and you kind of turn into like a mini TV network <laughs> that's only better and it's optimized and, and you can do all the crazy things that who does to, to you know, spread. <laughs> and you don't have all the inefficiencies of production and studios right. and distribution networks. There are some of those inefficiencies. Like at the end of the day, you can't escape. You have to set up a camera and lights with a bunch of people. Um, and then, oh, by the way, throw a global pandemic on, on top of that <laughs> just for a little extra fun. Production quality has been a little different from uh, some of the early zero content to now. You guys have been doing an amazing job of uh, scrapping it together. Um, so I did, I did want to talk about, um, speaking of like the monetization and content and stuff. So 
I don't know exact numbers. I don't know if y'all have shared, but prior to launching the subscription, um, Zero had like millions of active users, correct? Correct. So I, I imagine this was a, a, a pretty big moment inside of the company. Like we're going to start charging people. <laughs> and so you've got these millions of people who are used to using something for free. So I, I'm really curious about like just step us through the process of like, okay, we need to charge people to, to be a real business and to be able to keep this thing going. So what was the thinking and the process from, from that to, you know, the current strategy? Like how, how'd you land on, you know, where you're going to draw the line for the paywall? Are there, are there features that were previously not behind the paywall that now are for new users? Like, did y'all do anything with that on the product and, uh, yeah, I just love to to hear like h- how you went from millions of users to now, you know, a lot of subscribers. Yeah, I mean, we're constantly trying to find that right balance. Um, I mean, running, turning our 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 product into a business was important for us to continue growing this mission to self fund the content, the product, and the experience that we're trying to deliver to users. So it's super important, and and Mike's really good about thinking about that. But also, as as Nick mentioned, he's coming at this opportunity with a very mission-driven mindset. So um, very early on, even before we launched, we didn't want to surprise any of our existing users. Again, we have huge existing user base. Um, so it was really important for Mike to communicate that we're, we're doing this and that we would not make any previously free product experience. We would not put it behind a paywall. So we've continued with that. We're, we're sticking with that. And it, it's a painful at, at times because yeah. you think, you know, obviously there's a lot of, we provide a ton of awesome value to our users, but we also know we can do a lot more. So as we started thinking about what can we charge for? I mean, I think there are a few things that you know, we thought definitely would elevate. We had a specific value as a company and, and Nick kind of touched upon that. We had Dr. Peter Tia as our chief medical officer. We had an awesome content team led by Nick. And we know that users are now a little more comfortable paying for content through their mobile device for digital products. So it felt like that was a safer bet of where we could draw um, a paywall. And, and there's still a lot of content that's free. We think it's important to make this, this information accessible, um, but there's a lot more content we started recording, again, with the high quality you talked about to, that we wanna uh, give to users and to our most engaged users. Can you like for for me real quick? Like I'm I'm not a I've used the app a little bit, but I I've never yeah. <laughs> taken a dive on fasting. But uh, can you tell me a little bit like when you say content, like what what's the actual deliverable um, for the user in the app? Yeah, Nick, you want to take this I'll one? Jump in on that. Yeah, so we we've done a handful of, of high quality studio shoots uh, with Dr. Peter Tia, Thomas DeLauer, and some others. Um, so it manifests in a few different ways, but essentially we take what are the high level concepts that people need to understand to improve their metabolic health? Um, and so, you know, to be really clear, th- th- there's a vision from Peter Atia uh, around how you use time restricted eating. Um, kind of has, has these three levers of nutrition uh, that, that we really lean into. And so he helped us create this curriculum uh, of the information you have to know to be successful in your health and wellness journey. Um, with a very clear perspective on we're not a weight loss app and you can kind of see as the fasting categories expanded, people see it as like a, a quick fix diet. 
Um, and that is not our perspective at all. And so what we want to do is make sure people understand the how and why behind fasting, right? It's not just like, oh, don't eat for 16 hours, just don't eat for 18 hours. It's understanding the strategies um, and then why they're important and how they're impacting your body. So recorded all this content um, with, you know, Peter explaining these concepts, we bring them to life through animations. Um, and then they manifest in three minute videos, 10 minute videos. And then just the other day, uh, we launched these cut down versions that we call fast bites um, that appear. So we know, all right, you're in the middle of an 18 hour fast. You have a goal of longevity. So we're going to serve up to you in the middle of a fast, um, this, this 15 second clip that reinforces, for instance, how autophagy, uh, enhances longevity, which, you know, we won't go into autophagy right now. Don't worry about <laughs> well, I it. I mean, I know what that means. I don't know if David knows what that means, but I definitely know what that means. So continue. Of course. <laughs> but the point being, we sort of, we know a lot about you as a user, what your goals are, where you are in your health journey. And then we can contextually provide content to you in a moment of need. Um, so that's really our thing, right? Like, how do we provide you really compelling content at the time that you need it most, um, backed by the world's experts in this information? So, so Vu, Lynn, how do you take that? Thank you for the context on that. How do you take those, those, you know, bites or three 10 minute videos? Like how does, how did you guys decide to encode that into a, a premium offering to go alongside the fasting? And, and maybe like, what's the, what's the pitch? Like, what's the upsell to the user to like, Hey, like you should you should, you should uh, pay for this. I mean, we're constantly working on that. And there's going to be some content that we continue to give for free. And uh, Nick, do you have a, a viewpoint on this? I think this is something that we, we always discuss as a team. As we create the content, we're trying to figure out what should be free, what should be paid. And we're just trying to find that right balance. Yeah, I mean, it was always a tra- challenge for us on, on Elevate. Yeah. Um, because at the end of the day, what's your mission? It's to you would love to give all this content to everybody, right? <laughs> like that would be like, if we were a benefit corporation or a nonprofit, that would be the dream. But you know, I don't know what your corporate structure is, but it's probably not that. Uh, yeah. And so you, you have to figure out a way to, to, you know, somehow put a little, I mean, and this herein lies the problem, I think in, in, in digital media in general is like, how do you give the right amount for free? How do you achieve your mission? Um, and, and honestly, like service, like, I don't know what, your conversion rates are, but like, you know, most people, it's not more than 10% of people will ever pay for something. So it, you really do have to think about that other 90% of users. So yeah, I, I, I don't, I, I guess it was a trick question because uh, I, I don't think there's yeah. a, a glib answer. <laughs> I don't think that's a trick question. Uh, and it's something that we've spent a lot of time on that sort of free versus paid strategy, and then take that out another notch of what goes into lifecycle marketing, what goes to social um, you know, we're sort of, we're programming two different experiences on zero plus versus the basic version of zero. Um, and you know, ultimately it's, it's a, it's a flow of value. So the, the highest value content has to be within the zero plus experience. Um, I think that makes rational sense to any, anyone who is told that. Um, but it's also important, you know, we have a cool opportunity where even just a little bit of Peter explaining fasting it gives you that nugget of knowledge that can help enhance your fasting practice to tell you, Oh, like I want to keep doing this. Mm. Thank you for that piece of information. And then ultimately you subscribe to zero plus because you want to hear more. You want to learn more. Um, you know, listen, like information wants to be free. And if you so feel like it, you could go listen to 150 hours of Peter's podcast. You could spend a couple of weeks scouring YouTube. Um, you can go back to all the, the scientific studies that we cite to cross-reference what's real and what's not. 
And you can put this puzzle together yourself. Like you can do it for free. It's going to take you a lot of time to figure it out uh, from a scientifically vetted perspective. Mm. But the information's out there uh, and it's free. I would suggest you subscribe to Zero Plus and save yourself. Uh, <laughs> That's a, a pretty good nutritional biochemistry. <laughs> you just put that in the app. Yeah. <laughs> and let me let me add a little bit to that as well. I mean, it's not it's in addition to the content we're recording and sharing. It's also how we deliver it. And Nick touched on this quite a bit before about the con- the context, right? If we know this about you, we know at this point of your fast. You know, we can give you that that ten second. 30 second piece of information that's hyper relevant in that time and in that moment. So drawing those relations and, and being able to predict like when that content's going to be relevant, it's not just the content itself, but it's how we deliver it and when we deliver it. So that's something that we've decided was very valuable and something um, that we would only make accessible to our plus subscribers. Yeah, I think the I think the the message there is is really clear, but I'm not sure. I mean, I I, I you know, as as somebody running a business, you, you, you learn about leverage, time, leveraging your time. Right. And, 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 mm. and, and, but I think portraying that value and curation is, it's a challenge, right? It's a challenge to try and like convince somebody. Um, I mean, you, you have a great warm lead, right? Somebody downloaded your app, they're doing a fast, right. And, and, and you have that content. Um, so maybe, maybe you don't have to try that hard. Maybe you can just prove to them. Like very tactically speaking, uh, like an easy example here of using content for conversion is you can get a 30 second sample of a lot of the content from a zero basic Mm. account. Right. And then, then you get popped an upsell. If you want to finish watching this, you can continue. Um, now to be clear, like there are still full length videos, full length articles for free. Um, but all like all the rest of the library you can get that preview piece of content uh, for, for the upsell. And did y'all draw any lines on features as well? So like, are there, I subscribed like the first day. I, I don't remember if I even looked at the paywall. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, I've been using this app for a year. I know I want the content and stuff. Tells, so, tells you it tells you about how much like all of your like experimentations were really affect when probably a lot of you yeah. are just, like, right. I love this product. Right. <laughs> I don't care. I'm just going to pay yeah, well, that actually, so I'm going to follow up. I'm going to put a pin in, in this one, but it, I'd be really curious to hear like how your conversion rates were early compared to like bringing in new users. But first, I did want to hear if y'all are differentiating the features and, w- w- you know, what mm-hmm. features do you have locked behind the, the paywall? Yeah, where are you at on that? Yeah, so after we, we talked quite a bit about content, but I'll remind uh, everyone that it's only, that's only one portion of, of the app. And we're we're doing a lot of things to help make the the fasting and the health information more accessible to users. So high quality content is is there and our users love it. But we've also um, made a bet around guidance. This wasn't this wasn't something that Zero previously um, provided to our users. So guidance, we have a feature called coach. And uh, with that we we set various fasting protocols and plans. Um, users can kind of customize a weekly plan based on their goal and based on their existing fasting experience. So there are a lot of our users who, you know, they don't they don't think fasting is as scary anymore, but they also don't really know where to start or they don't know how to develop that practice. They don't know why should I do 16 versus 18 versus 24 hour fast, right? So having kind of a plan to help users stay accountable has been really, really valuable and something that we've also decided to put behind the paywall. Um, it requires a tremendous amount of collaboration with Peter and Peter's team to, to structure these protocols accordingly. 
Um, but also it's a great way, again, for us to find ways to deliver the content that we've been talking about in those moments of when a user's midway through their week, midway through their fast, three weeks into their protocol, um, we can share those tidbits of information uh, accordingly. So that's, that's another area, another bet we made um, with a plus subscription launch. Just to double down on that, just to cut like from a value perspective, um, Vu was mentioning how like we worked with Peter and his team. Um, I can't reveal what like a year with Peter Atia costs, but it is multiples <laughs> on the average American <laughs> salary, right? So we've put that into an app for less than $100 a year. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's pretty crazy. And it's, it really is like the manifestation of democratizing health. This is something that was completely locked in to a very small group of people. Um, and now you can get it for under a hundred dollars. And, and, uh, you know, the key of it is software, right? And that's the difference between this being a VHS you used to buy 30, 40 years ago, right? It's like, you can now encode his, his, not just the content of him speaking, but you can also encode those, those rules and, and, and right. suggestions. An algorithm. In, yeah. And that's, that's, I think why we're here. Like that's why, that's why this, this space is exploding and why I think why I'm so excited about this, the kind of, the kind of apps that you're building and the kind of niches that are getting served by this, this, this type of software on the, the, the mention of coach and, and, stati- and like data tracking and stuff. I think that's something I've seen successful apps do well is is in, in terms of building long-term retention is like let's make this place a repository for this practice right you know you don't lock the data in but but make it a place where somebody wants to come back and like when you think about long-term revenue goals like retention becomes really important so building those like building that place it's like why i will pay for i don't love dropbox but i will probably pay for dropbox until the day i die because there's so much crap in there right I, shouldn't be the model for your app or the goal, but, like, <laughs> but, but it's a really, you know, it's just laying out more tactical things for our listeners and people working on apps like this. I think that's a, I think that's a very easy, not easy. These, these are hard features to build well, certainly, but I think that's a very natural place to, to build value and, and potentially put it behind a paywall. So um, yeah. yeah. And we're, you know, and we talked about coach coach has been really powerful for behavior change, which is so difficult in health and wellness. Um, but yeah, we are thinking about kind of the, well, what is for a user who's continued to fast and maybe doesn't need that guidance anymore, what are some other areas where we can provide value? So the last bet we kind of made, I mean, we probably made various bets, but the last major bet I'd say we made with the Plus launch was providing insights. And this is kind of the, the stats that you mentioned, Jacob. Um, we've also, in addition to our core feature, the timer itself, we started adding more information around what is a typical zone you might be in? What is what is your going through your body at this particular point in time in your fast, right? So we started layering that on. And there's, there's still a ton of work we want to do there as we continue to get content, as we continue to get data, um, we'll refine these. But um, that would be kind of the third pillar, I would say, in the, the plus subscription launch um, that we decided to monetize. So... So yeah, so you 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 kind of laid out in your app like where would be good things to put behind into your plus package, and you know it's these are all really tough decisions. It's very specific to every app, um, and you kind of probably had to guess in a lot of stuff in the in- initial days. So then, so one day you decided to hit the button right and go live. Like, what was what were the butterflies in the team's stomach on that day, or was it practic- pretty chill, or what what was the mood? <laughs> it was far from chill. Um, <laughs> But honestly, at the same time, super exciting, right? I mean, it's very few times that you would get a company so 
hyper-focused and aligned on a singular point, right? I mean, there's a lot of times mm -hmm. we have different expertises and we'll go parallel efforts and all eyes are on one thing. So it's it's nerving, but but was really, really exciting. And of course, I mean, working with Revenue Cat made our 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 um, steps leading up to launch a lot easier. Ring the um, bell. There, there's the quote. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, we were still super duper nervous. Um, launch day, I think a lot of people sacrificed some sleep. Um, luckily, we have a team all over the world, various time zones to help kind of cover anything that might have gone awry. Um, but yeah, so actually a lot of users were actually kind of like you, David. Um, a lot of users have been so loyal with Zero, and they saw such great value and the free product we were already uh, providing that we had a ton of reviews of people saying, I'm I'm signing up regardless. Mm -hmm. I don't even know what's going to be in there. I haven't even looked at it, but I just I want to pay. I love Zero that much. I would uh, um, I would ask if there were any naysayers, but to be honest, it's a stupid question because it doesn't really matter. <laughs> you know? Of course, of course like, there were naysayers, of course. Yeah, but that's not who you're building. I, I hear this all the time from devs who are nervous about this transition and uh, they're always like nervous about, oh, what are these people going to say? And like, there's a lot of public examples of apps getting beat up about yeah. it. And I'm like, listen, you were subsidizing them they really weren't your customers, right? They were just, yeah. they, they really didn't see the value in it that you do. And you're just like, kind of, you know, it's your product, you're resetting where that value bar is. And so if they're upset, it's like, well, it was good while it lasted, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, but I've got to move on. Well, it was that, it was that delicate hold... dance, right? Yeah. Like leading up into this, I remember we, we scrapped three different go-to-market strategies um, as really as COVID started rearing its ugly head, mm. we had to keep changing, keep changing, keep changing, you know, going from like a pretty big bang marketing release uh, into something that was a little softer, right? Because even thinking, how appropriate is it right now to, to scream about this? Um, versus like making sure there's messaging around, if you've been affected by COVID, you can get a free subscription. Um, mm -hmm. What you're used to, what's been free will remain free. Um, and then finding that, you know, Vu has been talking about balance and that really what this was about, right? That balance of how hard do we upsell um, in versus like make sure, yes, a free customer who's never convert, they aren't actually a customer, but they are, they are here as part of the mission and they are important. Um, and actually like Vu and I often go a little on the side of like, how do we really monetize? And surprisingly, Mike, our CEO is like very, very steadfast in like, listen, we're always going to have this free product. These people are important, even if they're not paying. And it's nice to have a CEO who doesn't lose sight of that because Boo and I sometimes try to get a little aggressive. You, te you teed this one up for me very well, but uh, Revenue Cat has the same philosophy, right? Like we have the, the, the numerical majority of our apps don't pay us anything. And, right. um, and I think that that's incredibly valuable for us as a service to the community, just like you're, you're talking about here. There's a lot of parallels. But also, I mean, it's potential one-day customers, right? Um, but also, like, you know, and as I think we want to talk a little bit about, like, acquisition, how you guys are thinking about growing. I mean, those are huge vectors for growth for yeah. a business like this because those people, like, even if they're not paying you dollars, they're, they're telling their friends, they're, they're, they're using you, they're, they're, they're engaging more deeply. And, you know, I don't know if, you know, serve, the, the beauty of the, the amplification of software is like, like you can just make it free and like, zero marginal and just, cost. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like mm -hmm. the zero marginal cost, you will, the only thing you, you can only gain, right. <laughs> as long as like their support isn't like crushing you, like yep. uh, you can only gain so that you know, it's a balance. Right. And I think it's good to have people on the team focusing on like, how do we, 
how do we ratchet? But it's it's like a tax in some ways. Like you want to be careful not to overdo it, or or you know you can kill something magical. Well, it's crazy the number of people that down do a first download of zero from a text message. It's wow, huge. it's huge. that's really interesting. That's a really great sign. I would put that in your pitch deck uh, yeah. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> it's really interesting talking to y'all about monetization because you are taking such a laid back approach. So many subscription apps are super aggressive on this. So, you know, uh, what's my day seven return on ad spend? Like, how can I get people through that funnel and, and hitting that subscribe button? You know, how do I, um, you know, optimize that, those trial conversions and like, it sounds like <clears throat> y'all are really taking a a more long game approach. But how do you how do you balance kind of the the mission versus also thinking because like like again hearing y'all talk like you're building a a 10, 20 year business here, right? It's like mm-hmm. you're not building an app that you're going to like flip. You're not building something that like you need to like squeeze every drop of blood from the turnip today. Um, but how do you think about that balance? Like you're saying, Mike kind of keeps you grounded, but like there is business benefit to, and Jacob was kind of hitting on that, like, like maintaining and building, continuing to even build that free user base who then might eventually subscribe. Yeah. So first of all, you said we might be laid back on this. I would say we're definitely not laid back. But <laughs> you look at it and that's what's important, right? <laughs> We're trying to be, you know, kind of keep a balance of wellness here. But um, we definitely think about trial to trial to pay conversion. We think about return on ad spend. Um, we track all of that. Now, you do bring up a good point. Um, it's important for a mission to affect as many lives as as possible for for the for the better. But I also try to think about it putting my business hat on. Is you know, free users just because they don't pay doesn't mean that they don't provide business value. Right, so that's something we're still trying to figure out how to to quantify and 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 balance against actual real dollars earned. But of course, I mean, maintaining high ratings on the App Store and the Google Play Store are really really important to us. We've been able to do that and maintain that. That really helps you know funnel in more more new users. Um, and we've done. I, I try to lead tried to lead in the past uh, past few times some thought experiments on where we want to position ourselves in this balance, right? And I asked Mike and I asked Nick this and asked a few other um, members on our team. It's like, all right, for the same revenue earned, would we rather have a small user base and a really, really high conversion rate? Or would we, really ha- would we rather have a really small conversion rate, but a huge user base? And of course, it's kind of like, well, it's indifferent in terms of dollars, but quickly we're like, well, we'd rather have a big user base because that's, again, being mission-driven. And of course, you can... Take that a level further. Of course, that means there's more dry powder for you to work on conversion. But even beyond that, it was just really important for us to affect as many lives as possible. I think it plays too into what your, you know, frankly, your funding and your trajectory and like what what your growth expectations are on the company, right? And I think to David's point about some apps that really turn on the screws, a lot of they just don't have as good of a product, right? Or, or maybe they've been they're they're choosing to invest in like. Uh, more, they're just investing more of their effort and, and capital into acquisition rather than really building a long product. And it, it really comes down to time horizons. Like, what what is your plan? Are you mm-hmm. are you growing this yeah. for the long term? And actually, like, I don't know what's public or how much you guys are sharing, but what is like Zero's like long term or Big Sky's? I guess like long term horizon on this stuff. Sky's the limit. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
No, I think, you know, <laughs> David, I think, put it really well. Of We're not looking to flip this thing in a couple of years. We're looking to build a really big business. Um, you know, we see this, this space um, like the early days in meditation, right? And as, as we sort of bring this practice that seems sort of esoteric to people into the mainstream, um, coupled with Peter Tia's philosophy um, on this isn't just about when you don't eat, right? That's kind of what we are today, but there's a much bigger vision uh, on how we can help people maintain, restore, and optimize their metabolic health um, that really turns this into a huge opportunity, which is why we don't have to, you know, squeeze the blood out of the tulip to use that interesting expression um, that, we, you know, we can bring people in for the long haul, show a ton of value in exactly to Vu's point. Um, there's more than one way to be a quote customer, um, mm-hmm. and, you know, creating those opportunities over the coming years. What do you guys call them internally? Is it customers, users, fasters? Do you have a name? I, we always struggled with this at, at yeah. Elevate because you, you, you don't want to distinguish, right? Like somebody's a customer versus even at revenue cat, like free users or customers. Do you have a, a, a nomenclature you try to land on? I like fasters. We don't use it because it's a longer word than users. Um, and a lot yeah. of people don't like users because there can be a negative connotation there. Sure. Yeah. Um, but it's very easy to default to users because it's a short word. Yeah. Sorry. It's a weird, it's a weird question to ask, but I remember struggling <laughs> with it. I, I struggle with it now at Revenue Cat because like you want to distinguish. What do you guys call them? Developers. <laughs> when, when I write blog posts, I really, when I really try to to use customers instead of users, and like, yeah, I think I think words matter, and and those subtle things do shape yeah. perspective. But I, I did want to ask a follow up on on the monetization side, um, and and I guess y'all are still a little bit early, just what like five months out from your launch. But have y'all been talking through opportunities to? better monetize your rabid fans like me, like I would pay more. So like, do you see, <laughs> do you see, and what's, Ooh, what's we need special? to tag David's account with all of our exactly. pricing experiments. <laughs> I was just saying, no, send them your, send them your Venmo. Just say like open, open ended. Actually, I do want like a hat and t-shirt. I'm going to be, do y- y'all have a merch <laughs> store, don't you? We do. Okay. David, don't be that much of a fanboy. Come on. I am. <laughs> Um, okay, so where where I was going with that though is like, and 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 this is kind of one of those things about a launch. It's like I'm the person who's like most willing to pay more money, but I'm on the, like the launch plan discount. And so, what is your thinking long term about the potential to kind of not necessarily price differentiate, but like offer even more value or higher tiers? Or I mean, Tinder is incredible with their incredible. I mean. You know, you could look at it different ways, but you know they have two different levels of subscription and a ton of in-app pur- like or not. They have one in-app purchase, but it's like you can basically spend an unlimited amount of money if you want to get more people looking at your profile. So you know, there's there's benefits and drawbacks there, but from like a monetization standpoint, it's just interesting to think through that there's like a lot of money left on the table when the people who like most love your app are trapped in your grandfathered launch day, whatever it was, thirty percent off. Yeah, Vu, this has got to be pretty uh, um, maybe constraining compared to your Zynga days, right? When you had a, a, a log distribution of payers, <laughs> you right? You were bringing up the exact comparison I was going to make. I mean, the interesting thing about subscriptions is, you know, there's kind of a, a ceiling on how much you can get from each user unless you have tiered or you have other microtransactions you can you can throw at these subscribers. And versus at Zynga, it felt like it was highly efficient in terms of capitalizing on users' willingness to pay. 
um, and we had pinches galore. So I, I don't know if I can fully answer your, your question, David. I mean, we, we've thought about this for sure. And, you know, just some, some things we probably don't want to reveal quite yet. Um, but also it's probably not the most pressing yeah. uh, problem they're trying to solve now, right? I mean, uh, we are still pretty new. Um, we're still just trying to provide a ton of value to our existing subscribers and trying to get more free users to, to convert to subscribing. So we're focused a little bit more on that for now. We have a ton of ideas, of course, some that address what you're talking about, but it's, it's uh, again, we're playing the long game here. Yeah. And those, um, those first year retention numbers haven't come in yet, which will be very yeah. enlightening, right? That, that was, I remember when Elevate's first year retention numbers came in and, you know, yeah. it depends on where you're at. It's either like, oh, oh, great or oh, no. <laughs> moment. Yeah, exactly. But if you want, David, we can set up a daily subscription for you and we can just charge you that <laughs> this kind of price every day. Just one $1 nice. per minute that you fast. So <laughs> just to provide a complete reverse incentive. Nice. <laughs> what, what are the, what are the top metrics y'all are looking at to understand your business? Um, I, I ask this, um, because I think it's always interesting, but also selfishly, we're actually revamping our charts <laughs> and just thinking a ton about like internal. Welcome to our user session. We'll <laughs> figure out what to build next. So, and podcast listeners, I'm David at RevenueCat.com. If yeah, you uh, <laughs> have additional thoughts. We, we do not know what we're doing.com. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, I, I mean, that's one fun thing about me being a Revenue Cat customer and having subscription apps. Like it's stuff I think about constantly. And so I'm always interested to, to talk and I, I actually am looking forward to doing more and more uh, user sessions. So yeah, we'll just turn this into a quick user session. Like when, you know, you open your uh, laptop first thing in the morning, like what are you looking at? Like when you have a team meeting, what are the numbers you're talking about? Like where, what are the things that you care about? And I'm especially interested from zero because you are building a different kind of business than a lot of the subscription apps that are just going to be, you know, looking more at just hard numbers like ROAS and stuff? Yes. I mean, from a business, your first question, what would we look at from a business perspective? It's going to be ARR, right? So you don't know how many times today I multiply your MRR graph by 12. <laughs> I would love to just It's on the spec. It's on the ARR spec. ARR graph. So we don't I got you, Bill. Yeah. I got you. It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> but AR, ARR, um, I mean, obviously it's how investors look at companies, how they look at the size of the company, um, and ARR essentially is a proxy for a number of subscribers. And just like how a lot of you have a lot of companies look at DAU or MAU, it's, there are a lot of things that go into driving revenue, of course, right? Mm -hmm. So from business perspective, ARR is really important. From a product standpoint, where I spend a lot of my time is, of course, going to be around purchase rates, annual monthly splits of the subscription uh, purchase rates, renewal rates. We do have monthly renewal data coming in. And these are the things that I can actually move and, and drive. And I feel like I can, I can really, really move the needle on. And in, in Nick's world, he's, he's focused a little bit more on, you know, driving volume, right? So while I'm looking at the conversion points, he's looking at volume and figuring out how do we increase the volume of users, whether they're new or existing to see these points of conversion. So, you know, we add those together, plus a bunch of other efforts, we kind of ladder up to, to ARR. I mean, this was an intentional design around Revenue Cat's dashboard. I think it's SaaS companies got to this first, but I think Consumer SaaS companies, it's 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 also a, a perfectly good metric. Is this volume, velocity, right? Yeah. Like top line metric. But then 
going further into like measurements, right? Which is like conversion rates, like that are actually measuring intrinsic things. Like ARR is almost extrinsic. It's like, if you looked at, if you could look at your business from a distance, ARR would tell you how wide it is or how big it is, right? But it doesn't tell you how well it's working. And those are what the other metrics are for, so. And by the way, renewal rates. I mean, I said, I only talked about monetization metrics. I mean, of course we look at a bunch of others, but the cool thing about renewal rates is that it also tells you the quality of the product, right? So Mm -hmm. if we can drive renewal rates, oftentimes we're also driving free user engagement and retention rates as well, Mm. which again, we talked about in the beginning, keeping that balance is something we stay hyper-focused on we we are not willing to lose a certain amount of retention and and engagement it's still very very important to us so we're constantly just looking at the monetization side of things free user engagement retention side of things and and trying to strike that right balance i think revenue metrics in general as as proxies for general um product metrics are really good because you you're actually asking for a user to open their wallets there's no more there are so many other like oh the conversion rate from this button to that button and this and that and whatever there's all kinds of ways to cheat those numbers and whatever but when money is flowing from one hand to another users are tend to be pretty direct with you know their intentions right you're really measuring yeah. something real and 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 I hadn't even thought about that but that's actually like feeding that back into the the how you how the free user experience is going to is really and inside, I never really looked at it before in that in that way. And that's that's just really fascinating. And do you look much at like the auto renewal rate? So like when you're looking at ARR, are you also diving into? I mean, sorry, not auto renewal rate, but auto renew status. So when you look at ARR, but if you know if you look at your annual, if you look at your monthly plan, and thirty percent have already turned off auto renew, you know you're expecting a thirty percent churn that month or whatever. But then annually. You know, you're looking at at the numbers that, that have already turned off auto renew and trying to figure out ways to impact that. And that's definitely something I want to do on an aggregated level to kind of be able to forecast our ARR a little bit better. We don't do that quite yet, but what we do, we do look at that metric a lot when we're running A/B tests, which we do mm-hmm. a ton of. Right. Obviously, we don't want to wait uh, a, a month to see monthly renewal rates. Even on a free our free trial, we currently offer seven day free trial. We don't always even want to wait seven days to see if they're going to, you know, stay as a paying subscriber or not. So, we do look at the auto renewal status um, when we're trying to get quick data uh, within days. Um, so it is important to us, and and it will be a more and more important metric for us to to measure. All right, I think we've zoomed in all the way from strategic to as <laughs> tactical as it can possibly get. So, <laughs> might be maybe a good place to wrap it up. <laughs> yeah, that sounds great. So. Um, Nick and Vu, tell us uh, where people can find you. I assume you are both on on Twitter or, or uh, just uh, BigSkyHealth.com, Zero.com? ZeroFasting.com. Um, but of course, you can also find us on the App Store or the Google Play Store. If you search for Zero, you'll see us right up there at the top of the search results. Um, both free and paid search results, for better and for us. <laughs> and paid, yeah. <laughs> yeah, those are probably the best ways to, to come across us. We also have an Instagram handle, uh, also Zero Fasting. We zero also fasting you know, we publish a bunch of, yeah, we're Twitter. So Zero Fasting, search for it, you'll find us. Cool, and we'll put that in the show notes as well. Well, guys, thanks for, thanks for uh, joining us today. It was really fascinating getting to hear a little bit more about your business and uh, wh- how, you, how you all think about it. Likewise. Love what you guys are doing. To make sure you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show and your favorite podcast player. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.